I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. Complex's pop culture podcast, Watch Less, where we're giving you all the news you need to know about movies and TV without all the bullshit on your timeline. It's your boy Cal, deputy editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel. As always, the homie Fraser Tharp is in the building. Yes, sir. Uh, do we say Happy New Year? Have we established if Happy New Year is a wrap now? What's the cutoff? I I feel like the Monday when you get into work is the cutoff, but they haven't heard us since last year. Yeah, I feel like it's only polite to say Happy New Year. I mean, Happy New Year. Yeah, is that enough? This is the last week for Happy New Year. You can't do it after this anymore. Yeah, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of the stuff we watched over the holidays. I know you caught a couple of films, and uh, I was really on my TV bag, um, including talking about season two of You, um, which we love. I think a lot of people loved it. I think some people aren't as big of fans of it, but I understand the reasoning. Um, We'll be getting into the the insanity that is the uh, release, the JJ cut. Oh my god! I, <laughs> I, 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 I promise this will be the last deep dive in the rise of Skywalker we'll have until Hopefully. until some other fuck shit goes on. Um, we'll have a little bit of current events. There's been a, uh, uh, some interesting news going on in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think we can't start this week's show without recapping at least as brief as we can <sighs> the Golden Globes. Terrible start to the work year. You stayed awake for the whole thing? Yeah, just like. <laughs> this bleeding into the first day back, it's like I wanted to kill myself. It's bad. It was, I mean, like it's, literally probably the most boring award show out, right? And and award shows are pretty much boring. Like, yeah, but they always have their like peaks and valleys. Like this was pretty much like, th- the Golden Globes are supposed to be the fun one because they serve alcohol. Yeah. Which the rest do not. Yeah, Ricky Gervais was up there drinking a whole beer. So people should be like turnt and loose and like it was really just. It wasn't that. I mean, it was a lot going on though. You figure what? Like, the day later, Harvey Weinstein was going in, so I imagine there's a lot of that in the air, Mr. Uh, super Producer. The, the whole Australia is on fire right now, as well as just, like... Yeah, but there's always something going on. When, because I remember, um, like, the, the Charlie Headboat thing happened, and the, oh, that's the, right. the thing was that every presenter or war was saying just sweet Was mentioning did, something. You know? Well, I guess that's why Ricky Gervais was kind of just, like, chill with all that nonsense, just get your award and get off the stage. I mean, what do you think of his monologue? <laughs> he definitely brought some fire. I mean, I I respect NBC for being like, "Yo, just get up there and rock." He was definitely on edge, though. There were some zingers, but also I I don't I don't know. It it's Ricky Gervais in 2020. I mean, what it it's not surprising. He got there were some lines that he got off that was kind of like, "Oh, okay, you're going there," but it's Ricky Gervais drinking. 2021, beer. we need Dave Chappelle. <laughs> they might as well. No, they might. Like, seriously, they might as well. I mean, my mans was talking about he, what he called uh, James Corden a fat pussy. He's talking about, you know, old women licking parts. In the, like, it the was Felicity just, Huffman joke was good. That was good. The Felicity Huffman joke was good. Um, he definitely, he got some jokes off at 
all of the streaming services. A lot of them are just chilling right in the audience while he's basically saying, you guys are fucking up what we're doing out here. Felicity, definitely come on the pod when you get out of prison. <laughs> <if you want. laughs> when you get that, that early release, come right to the pod. Free chair, always. First day out. Um, but I think, it, like always, they do that for that first 10, 15 minutes, and then you don't see my mans ever again. And yeah. the, sh- the show, like, it falls off of a steep, a steep cliff at that point. For sure. Um, but, I mean, there were some highlights, though, right? <laughs> highlights is generous. I, I, there are moments I perked up, maybe, I liked looked Tom, up from G-Chat. Tom Hanks' speech. You didn't like that? What the fuck was he talking about? He was um, off the like off the Dayquil rambling. He a was he bit. was really on some inside baseball in terms of like what was it the gate? You, yeah, you, you can't finish if you don't get the gate right. I mean, I like Tom Hanks. At, no, everybody. And, likes yeah, as Tom we Hanks. saw just from a simple me tweeting top five, I did not expect top five Tom Hanks films to blow up literally all night. Yeah, into the morning though. I mean, some people have some some questionable choices, but uh, man doesn't miss. The man doesn't. For the most part, the man doesn't miss. But I don't think a league of their own should be listed in his top five, and that's a great film. I've never seen it. Wow, am I missing out? Am I slagging? <laughs> you probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Shout out R.I.P. Penny Marshall, though. Um, I did only really like Tom Hanks's speech for the cutaway to Chester Hanks at the table. <laughs> that madman. If you don't know, to, I don't know which. I don't know which son he is. I think he's younger than Colin. I, It'd I, make a lot of sense if Chester Hanks was a middle child. That would explain a lot. That's the angst. Yeah, that's the angst. That's the patois angst. But <laughs> yeah, yes. if you don't know, uh, Tom Hanks has a son, Chester, who likes to go by Chet, who for a while in like the, I want to say the mid 2010s, yes. was angling to be a rapper slash singer called Chet Hayes. Yeah, th- it was 2015 where he would drop the N-word and then was like, nah, I'm cool, I can do that. And he used to take pictures with guns and like <laughs> walk guns. around with like TI geometrical fitteds exactly. and all types of shit. Uh, it was awful music, but he was hilarious. He's a character. He would post shit like uh, a picture of Rita Wilson, his mom, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. say like them at like a nice rich brunch and be like, put mom up on that new jigger. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically <laughs> tweeting like you? No? I mean, listen. <laughs> but then... Uh, he fell off for a while. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything from him since that time. Tom and Rita probably successfully got him into like some kind of rehabilitation program, <laughs> whatever. Max, he congrats, needed. congrats, Chet. So yes. it was great to see him uh, pop up yesterday, and then mm-hmm. I thought he was just there at the table supporting his dad like a good son. Then all of a sudden, after the show, yes. the best moment came after the show. Yes, made the whole show worth it. Who took the fu- the video? I don't know. Wh- but I'm so thankful to that person. It was definitely some red carpet footage of him just <laughs> doing his worst Drake fake patois. But it he was amazing. Like a whole 30 second. He cu- it was a salute drop. to his dad. He, he did a drop. He did a drop. <laughs> it's dad, crazy. But uh, incomplete patois. I wonder what Tom says. Is is Tom just does he has he washed his hands of Chet Hayes? Yeah, I think he just can't. He knows that it's like a stroke if he if he bothers caring about it too much i think but chet can't not show up when his dad's getting the big award he right? can't not. i don't think he's like uh banned from the family he's probably just like like a jovial black sheep the 100 percent, the redheaded stepchild <laughs> streamers like netflix didn't win anything that was weird with the irishman being up yeah i mean netflix not winning anything is just kind of funny 
because you know they always make these big swings at trying to uh, land awards. Yeah, this was, contenders. This was supposed to be the year. For but me. I didn't like it being at the expense of Martin Scorsese, who made a you know facts. So one of the best moves of the year. You're fine that Kylo Ren and uh, two popes got left to the wayside. Yeah, but the morning show is a whole other thing. Like that, the Golden Globes are weird because they always nominate weird shit. But even in even the scope of that though, that's not a good enough show. Yeah, no way. Like it, <laughs> it was never going to win. But even it being nominated, it was like, what the fuck? I, I mean, Jennifer Aniston and Reese they Witherspoon. They should have stopped so I it. Get it they should have stopped at her. I don't see Reese. I don't understand. Reese Witherspoon actually sucks on that show. I'm not. I wasn't a fan of her character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I also Re- we love Reese Witherspoon. I love. Re- um, I also don't know if they nailed whatever accent they were supposed to be giving her because she had a couple, a couple wigs, a couple wigs. We don't have to dwell on that show. It's no. over. But, but it's out I mean, of our it, lives for now. It's just interesting, I, and I don't know if that's something where it's like Hollywood's like boom, we're not fucking with y'all like that. Or I mean, Martin Scorsese has been amped up about the studio system. I do wonder if Bob Iger is um, paying people <laughs> off. 100%. 100%. Is there an anti-Netflix conspiracy? There might be. Shouts out to shouts out to our squad at Netflix, but uh yeah, it seems like there there could be something going on. Um not a very diverse show. No. Aquafina Aquafina won for the farewell. Don't move. I believe she's the uh the first actress of Asian descent to to win that award. Um Parasite won best foreign film. Only best foreign film? No. I I if I was reading correctly, it said that the Oscars voting Ended on the seventh of January, and the nominees are coming out the thirteenth. Shit! So it'll be interesting to see what, if any, pre Golden Globes influence would have on these forthcoming uh, Oscar nominations. Well, we have to talk about the biggest surprise of the night. What was that? Nineteen seventeen, which you loved. I did. I did. I saw it uh, during the break. I, I people were shocked because I I don't think it's it's not. I didn't out, realize it's not out. <laughs> it's not out wide. I think it came out Christmas Day, but I think it's a very small run. There's just such a weird, funny disconnect with like mainstream audiences and like critics and mm-hmm. voting boards and all this shit. Where it's like so many people are like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's I didn't realize that shit at all because sometimes we're in a bubble with like screeners yeah, exactly. and shit and and New York. We're in the d- limited shit. It was so. even like that with Uncut Gems. Like we've been talking about Uncut Gems since like August, but it didn't even hit New York and LA till like December 13th or whatever. And then it didn't go wide until Christmas. Yeah. So it, it had a lot of hype, especially from critics. I don't know when 1917 actually comes out in your city. Yeah. I f- <laughs> but you should go see it. When, when, when I saw someone tweet and say that 1917, they literally said, it's not even out yet, bro. And I checked and it was like, yeah, it came out Christmas Day, but it looks like it's limited. Very loud, uh, beautiful movie. You know, Roger Deakins. Yeah. Cinematographer extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Some very cool shots. Of course, the gimmick is that it's all one continuous take. The obviously, whole film? I mean, obviously it's not. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's supposed... How the fuck does that work? But because of that, it's never boring. Like, I'm not even a big war movie guy. But you're just in it. But because of that conceit, there's no real room for it to ever really lag. Mm, interesting. It's very propulsive. I'm not surprised with any of these winners. And we just got that that news, right? <sighs> Bruh. Knives Bruh. Out Cinematic Universe? I'm here for it. Why not? I'm ready for it. Ryan uh, Johnson, come on the pod. Let's talk about it. Anytime. Anytime. So I saw 1917 over the holidays. What did you watch over the holiday break? I, you, well, I will first say, I, I feel like there were days when you were gone and I'd hit you 
and you would hit me two hours later. I'm realizing my man's is in the theater for like 12 hours. Well, that's my wave. That's why holiday break is my favorite time. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of Oscar shit out, a lot Mm -hmm. of awards bait. And I love, it's very easy to just go into a theater, pay for one movie, and then just dip down the hole. (laughs) A whole thief. (laughs) To whatever's next. A whole thief. As as, as long as nobody stops you, say, hey, kid. Hey, kid, what are you doing in that theater right there? As long as I don't get carded again. (laughs) (laughs) But no, so you saw 1917. Uh, Yeah, then that same day, I just uh, shimmied down the hall to Bombshell. That film didn't do well box office-wise. And my wife was hitting me like, yo, are you, it's it's Margot Robbie, it's Charlize Theron, it's uh, Nicole Kidman. And I'm like, but I don't think anybody really knows or cares about, it's it's about Fox, right? It's the Fox scandal. Yeah, the Roger Ailes, um, Charlize's Megyn Kelly. I mean. Uh, it's cool. It's a cool watch. That's It kind of plays like that, you know, Jay Roach directed it and he directed mm-hmm. a lot of those HBO, you know, game change, whatever the fuck, political uh, satire. So it has that energy. Should should it have stayed on HBO? Visually, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's not that crazy. It doesn't feel like an award season film that I would want to go see. Uh, Charlize, you know, is arguably the goat actress. She's the, like the female Christian Bale. Yeah. The way she adapts to a role, but mm-hmm. she's like too good. As Megan Kelly, like for, it's for honestly really creepy. Jesus, like she like nails her voice in like a really weird way. It's it's she's too on. Yeah, and the Margot Robbie character is um, fictional. I was about to say she was fabricated, and that complicates the real aspects of the story a little bit in it, ways that were weird. It's fictional in the sense that like they couldn't use the likeness of the real person, or they just made up. An no, real as I understand it, she's more of like an amalgam of several other cases but mm. you know they didn't happen to like the megan kelly's of right. the office you know so they had to figure that out yeah that's a skip though i mean that's a wait till the award screener hits maybe where that should be soon what about little you saw little women as well right big slap really yeah why not are you surprised that i love little women come on i'm not surprised but it's just like dog, i sometimes your tastes are all over this is like big dre- big dress movies oh yeah huge huge period piece yeah. A whole family of women. But it doesn't feel like some stuffy dated shit. You know, did, have, did you see Lady Bird? Mm, no. It's got Lady Bird energy. She rock with Lady Bird. What's her name? Greta Gerwig and Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Cause her, the her... Leo and, and Martin Scorsese of our time. Oh, word? It's like that? Okay. Okay. I know a lot of people are caping for Little Women. It's dope. I was surpri- I didn't expect it to be in my top 10. Mm. I expected to like it. Word. It's really good. Okay. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch as many. The only movie I watched over the last couple of weeks was The Lighthouse, which I got to get to that. You should. I think you'll appreciate it. But you also like The Witch more than I did. Shout out Robert. My man, my man. When I was reading about the film, and I think that's why people like The Lighthouse more. It's set in the 19th century New England. Sure. And it's a couple of guys literally watching over a lighthouse. How long is it? One forty. Nine, something like that. It, it, it's a little it, long. Craig is nodding. Craig's nodding approvingly. Well, this, this is an A24 right. horror film. It's it's psychological horror, black and white. But I think the key is, is like, they, what's some, Robert Eggers? Yeah. Just like in The Witch, how he used a lot of natural lighting. Mm-hmm. This was, he wanted to make sure it looked like that time frame. So he used cameras and like lenses that mirrored that time. But because the set, the set was so dark, they had to use like these crazy bright lights. Oh shit! And they would do stuff like they would only focus on the ca- like if you're in a scene, they're focusing on you, 
and they're not focusing on anything. I don't know, it just it added like really weird elements to it. Um, it's really bugged the fuck out. It's really just Robert Pattinson and w- Willem Dafoe going crazy in a lighthouse for a span of what, like two months or something like that. It's bugged out, but it's those films when they end, I'm always like, what why? the fuck did I just yeah, watch? Like, like, it's what the fuck. It's why it, I get it. I understand it, especially on like a uh, behind the camera situation. But I'm gonna have to fuck with it in one of my like insomnia nights. I, I think. think you're gonna fuck with it a lot. What does that say about me? What are you trying to say? That you appreciate that? I'm into some weird shit. Nah, nah. I well, because that that's one of the like that's something <laughs> that Angel would call high art. You know what I mean? Like this is art. Yeah, Capital. I think he told me he liked it. He loved it. This is an this is an, an angel film. I get it. I don't think I need to watch it again, but I appreciate it. I Fair understand enough. it. Um, also watched most of the R. Kelly doc, which is a lot. I just feel like they got everything out the way in the other one. Like this one feels like they're just milking it because it was an event. Yeah, I Am mean, I wrong? There are parts that like when when Making a Murderer came out for Netflix and it did amazing. They then did Making a Murderer Part 2. And it starts out with like, yo, we put out this doc. This shit was amazing. And then they just like start firing more stuff in from that year time frame since the doc came out. Yeah, like is this adding? It It's a little bit of both. They spend a lot of time because once the doc came out last January, a lot of shit happened. You know, he ended up getting, you know, charges on him. He ended up That's getting true. arrested, you know, trials and everything. Um, and a lot more women are starting to speak out, but it also goes back and it's kind of like, okay, here's why he is the way he is. And, and they add more, there's more stories in there. There's, there's recaps with and updates with a lot of the women you met on the previous doc. But, you know, aside from like Dame Dash with his dog talking about, he brings the dog everywhere. Dusko. Dusko sleep. He had the the leash in his hand. Dog asleep. Should Dame Dash come on this podcast? He might need to. He is a producer. I mean, shout. He he makes film. Dame Dash, come on, whenever he makes film. But it's like I don't know if he can bring the dog in here. If it's a service dog, I think you're allowed to. Maybe. But it it was interesting to see him talk about because he had a relationship with Aaliyah. So he's talking about how she didn't even she she would say, "Oh, yo, R. Kelly was terrible," but that's it. She'd leave it at that. So Dame didn't even know the extent of what their relationship was. But he made a comment to say. That's probably because if I, she knew that if I knew, I'd have to go beat his ass. Damn. And I'm sitting there thinking, shit, yeah, best of both worlds. Like, there was a lot, there was a lot of money being made between The Rock and R. Kelly yeah. at a particular time. And he, he probably would have killed this man. That's dicey. All right, well, we have to talk about the one thing we lined up on. You? You. You, hello, you. What uh, a show. What a show. You watch the screeners, right? I, I, I f- believe I finished it a couple days before it aired. Yeah, same. Um, I started, I, I dove into it like maybe back in November, but it starts slow. It takes a couple episodes. And I left it to the wayside. And then when I picked it back up, mm-hmm. like episodes four on, you can't put it down. The, the thing with you, because remember, it was, it was a lifetime show that started when? The fall of 2018? Right, yeah, I, I, that's what I wrote about pretty much. That that it was it was a lifetime show that when it finally hit around the the holiday break in twenty eighteen, going into twenty nineteen, people picked up on it crazy because it was on Netflix. Heavy, white dude, white privileged stalker guy. He's not is he privileged? Well, he's got like inherent white privilege. My God, but. my if you <laughs> were this creepy, 
on en- any woman of any color. <laughs> you mean to tell me they wouldn't be like, who's this creepy little black right, motherfucker right point. there? Like, come on. He's just, he's openly masturbating across the street from homegirl's house in Well, my favorite thing, and again, it does start slow. I didn't love the first two episodes at yes. first. I wasn't sure about the LA move. But my favorite thing was that it took 20 minutes to get to a public masturbation <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the country. Yeah. Literally. Things haven't changed. What? I mean, that, f- that first episode is dope, though. I mean, how can you not love this show? Like, it is uh, like an airport thriller. And I mean that in every good way. And as, as much as we've been like, yo, we don't like the binge model a lot of the time. This is a great binge of a show. Well, the thing, when I did the piece on binging, what I noted was that because of the screener system, mm-hmm. you kind of find yourself having to do that anyway because we have to cover this shit. Word. And we have other shit to watch, too. It's all, a, you know, moving train. Mm-hmm. But to that end, even, like, you kind of promotes binging. Like, you can't... 100%. Again, it's an airport thriller. You can't put it down. It's, I mean, it's, it's... I've not read the book yet. I, Me neither. I want to. I'm, the, I was I'm intrigued. So, you, you <laughs> I I was I was so intrigued with season two when I was done with it. I said, "Bet, let me start at season one again," and ran through the entire season one in like a day. I had wanted to rewatch season one, but only just casually. Mm. And uh, there's so much new shit we have to watch. It's, it's rewatching hard. is a chore, and I you know I, I didn't need to rewatch season one to get this, so I just didn't. But it's yeah, a you, good season. You, they do a good enough job of. of recapping I miss Beck. I, well, that's kind of why I wanted to watch season one. I, I wanted Miss to get Beck back. and Peach. It was on Lifetime. It has that Lifetime has that connotation of you know being a little trashy or not trashy, but yeah. soapy. It's a Lifetime show. Soapy. It's definitely a Lifetime. But there's show. a way to do soapy that's still good mm-hmm. in a good way. And I think a lot of the a lot of the dialogue on the show is really sharp. The way it skewers kind of millennial New York Word. was really sharp. Mm. And uh, what I wrote about at the top of last year was that we were worried that a Netflix pickup, a lot of times when creators know they're writing for Netflix yeah, and they know the episode's going to be consumed at once and they stop writing episodically. No, but that wasn't this show at all. Thankfully, you know, season two, I wouldn't call it, you rewatch season one, so you can yes. speak to this better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it better than season one. No. Worthy successor. Worthy successor. I think season one felt a lot tighter. Right. Um, but again, like that Netflix, because Netflix really doesn't do much in the way of creative control, at least so it seems. So it's yeah. like if you're on, if you go from Lifetime, which has commercial breaks and shit, to there, you could start turning in like fifty-five minute episodes. Yeah, and I was I was worried about that. Super but, worried. Yeah, they yeah. did not. Yeah. Um. Quickly, let's just run through all the things. New chick. Shouts out Victoria Pedretti. Haunting a Hill House. Uh, she. I forget her character. Yo, name. me talking about. Um, love yes has exposed that not a lot of people watched Hill House. No, they they all thought she was what's her name, Cat Dennings. That was the meme. That's online. crazy. Yeah, Hill House was great. I was actually talking to you know former Complex employee uh, Lauren Nostro. She's mm-hmm. trying to find some horror to watch. She hadn't watched Hill House. She hadn't watched Hill House. I'm like, shout out Lauren that Nostro, shit. mom. Come on, you slacking. If you want actual jump scares, like go in. Yeah, but and you know that was one instance of like the timing being really dope on that, mm-hmm. and so people were talking about it, but I didn't realize that a lot of people didn't actually 100% watch it as much as you think. But anyway, yeah, def- if you're like Victoria's work on this show, definitely go check out Hill House. Mm-hmm. I like the Beck storyline more than I do with Love. Interesting. What about as a character? 
I was talking to Eddie about this, and he he said he felt love was just more fully realized as a character. There was definitely more flesh there at, from the beginning. The thing with season one of you is you got you got his picture of Beck in the beginning, and then as the show went on, you got to see that she wasn't this ideal on a pedestal. Right. She had she was a human. You right. know what I'm saying? I think love warts and all was there like episode one right you know what i'm saying well okay so um and now people certain people have told me in the office too that we don't always give sufficient spoiler warning sometimes spoiler alert so spoiler alert for you season two spoiler alert all over we also have a a, a review for season two on the site that has yeah, no spoilers right? but uh um <laughs> oh wait you didn't watch you didn't finish oh okay jesus we'll come we'll we'll knock you <laughs> um that's why i liked the twist the twist because the twist was a really good, um, the twist in you season two really plays up a, a key component about like this, that type of psychopath mm-hmm. that Joe is where it's like they put the object of their affection on this pedestal and then they can't really fathom like, you know, flaws or anything. Word. Like you would think the way love turns out would appeal to a guy like Joe, but it's like, no, he's not looking for that kind of relatability. 100%. 100%. You know? Yeah. Which I thought was really fun. And it's, I thought Penn played it really well. No, he, it, the, the shock. Like he, he, had like, he has like disdain on his face almost, <laughs> you know? And I think where it leaves them to go... So going into this, I wasn't even sure if I wanted a season three because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we had talked about this with Angel a little bit where it's like, it is a little creepy and it does in a way kind of promote the same you know, moral quandary of a movie like Joker. Yes, yes. Where it's like, are we rooting for this? Yeah, we praising a psychopath. Or in like amping up the kind of incels to follow this behavior. I think you is very self-aware in terms of the writing. Bruh, all you have to do is look at the you social accounts. They're they're doing social very well. But at a certain point, the way the show is built, you are kind of rooting for Joe and he does kind of skate off without being held accountable no, in so many ways especially, especially the way season two ends up yeah. so i was wondering if see if it would be dope if season two just ended with him like you know he's caught jail mm-hmm. shows over whatever yeah they swerve and i'm into it but it did kind of confirm for me that the show is never is only going to get soapier you know <laughs> which could be a, here for it that could be a, <laughs> like soapy shit is a good thing i've always said watching tv is like the food pyramid yes and you need like Junk food pyramid. 100%. And there's nothing wrong with the junk food pyramid. I t- people will see me watching trash and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I need trash in my diet. Sometimes. But you isn't even trash. It's it just isn't a, trash, it's, but... It's melodrama. Yes, yes. And uh, my only thing is that as you get soapier, it gets harder to maintain mm-hmm. being actually good and then over the top. So I hope that season three, wherever this is headed, still manages to toe the line because it could very quickly just kind of become like Dexter, yeah. which they even call out yeah, 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 yeah. in the show, which 100%. I like. 100%. And again, that shows you how self-aware it is. Yeah, yeah. I think the and I think the the other interesting part of you going into a third season, season one and season two were based off of books that were already out. Right. I believe the creator Carolyn, uh, she's working on books three and four. She's George R. R. Martin out here. They're not. They're not here yet. So it, I, she's she's listed as you know a person on every episode. So I'm assuming they're working in tandem. But I'm wondering how like is there going to be any deviation in the show or in you know the subsequent book series right of of what's 
I hope they can work together. And one thing that's always been fun, too, is if you follow Penn Badgley mm. and or read his interviews about the show, you know, he knows he, he's coming from uh, internet boyfriend status, yes. gospel girl and all that shit. That's all people want. And uh, he joined the show with the understanding that it's subversive casting, that you don't expect a creep like that to look like him. Word. White privilege. And he <laughs> does seem uncomfortable yes. at the ways that fans still kind of don't care and still choose to see Dan Humphrey. Word. So I think as long, you know, with the minds around the show thinking that way, it's never going to become something like that almost glamorizes yeah, no, that they're, shit. They're handling it in a smart way. Um, I guess the hope is just that they can continue to do that Facts. on 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 the same level. But I, I again, like you said, Netflix is really good with giving people a leash. Yeah. Um, and the the way season two is unfolded in the in the mostly in the vein of season one, I think we're okay. Just the only question I is season three, book three, yeah. will they be congruent? But, and I will say, like last note about this show, very few shows like. Whether it's a comedy and you're laughing alone or a drama and you're reacting alone. Like when you're watching something alone, it's a very, um, you know, admirable quality to like elicit a reaction from me while you're not around anyone. Facts. You, ever, you know, if you're watching a comedy with people, don't you feel like you laugh more? 100%. 100%. Like you season two, much like season one, legit had me like yelling like, oh shit. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. no, don't do that. 100%. You know? 100%. Like television. <laughs> The cage? <laughs> Everything about the cage is nuts. What a show. The LSD episode? Bruh. Good writing. <sighs> All right. Let's bring D. Scott in. Yeah. All right. Back again, editor-in-chief, Damian Scott. What's what is, good? It's the third time? Third? This is the third time. And yet, has he been low management? I'm highly appreciative. Y'all looking shaky <laughs> out I'm here. highly appreciative. And, and, and it's review time. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Know? Say it's less. review time. The, the, so. the, these things count. <laughs> these things will, I will not forget this. <laughs> Well, I will say it's it's always good to have you on because I think as we've been doing the show more, I think we've been communicating offline more, and it's good to have some of these conversations that we're having in chat. Absolutely, on. you share a specific type of industry intrigue. Yes, that we get. Oh, into. of course, I love the idea of of the internal machination. I love thinking about the internal machinations of big corporate entities mm. that affect the art we consume. Word is Word. like a pastime of mine. I think over over the break after we've all we all have seen uh, Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker, we had a, a a pretty interesting text chain going on about uh, a Reddit thread regarding. Well, it, it first started off as just being first you were hating JJ. I I mean I <laughs> you do, threw him under the bus and hit reverse. Well, but this is the thing: we saw the film, like we all saw the film. All, actually, I want to see it again. I, I just didn't make it. We can't. We can't say. This I can't a, see that again. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. We can't say this is a great film. And at the end of the day, just like when someone has success, mm -hmm. if you have a failure, there's a person that has to take that. Mm -hmm. If the pop culture channel is trash, at the end of the day, it's on me. Don't put that out there. So, uh, but I'm saying so if. Rise of Skywalker, which did not do as well as Last Jedi, both here and abroad. We'll talk about that in a little bit. If this movie is a failure, the failure has to rest on J.J. Abrams' head, no? You would think. And yet? Yeah. I mean, it's he is the creative force behind this new trilogy. Yes. He started it. He That's ended it. how he has been positioned by Disney. That's how he's been positioned uh, by Lucas Arts or Lucas Films, that's how he positions himself. 
but like even not even taking into consideration the Reddit thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just taking into consideration that this is a guy who is making uh, a piece of art or pieces of art that have to make back an enormous amount of money. While also being a part of a major universe? That's, I think, secondary. Okay. I think for mm-hmm. Disney, it's like, okay, this has to, of course, be pleasing to the fans, but mm-hmm. it has to make money. Word. You have to, we're going to give you the bag, but you have to give us an even bigger bag back. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Word. And in situations like that, it's not only him. Like, yeah, we can say, like, it's JJ's fault, but... That's what I was saying. It is actually the Bob Iger's fault. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, She's Bob Iger's the committee. guy. He, yeah, it's it's Disney. Disney's not going to let anything go out the door Fact. that's not to their liking. It's just, why would they start now? So I, I was being too harsh on JJ? No, oh, I, think they, I think JJ <laughs> is to... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Blame for a lot of it. You know, people, even when people were going in on Ryan, it was like, well, JJ started. JJ had yes. to, but not only did he start it, he's the executive producer and the man had to read the script. That, right. Well, that was my thing. I'm like, if, if, if we're going to make a movie that walked back so much from Last Jedi and you were in on The Last Jedi, what input was put in back then? Did he not pay? Did he just like have uh, like an intern read well, over it? I think he just it? didn't care because he was never <laughs> supposed to be the guy that had to finish it. He was like, oh, Ryan's creating a big mess for you guys. Someone have fun with that. It's it's just it's weird knowing. Well, I guess he didn't know at that time. But like at, at, it looks weird to have that much input. And, and it also put in at the end and like have to make so many changes. It's all determined. It, they let the fans determine it, though. That's what people are complaining about. Yeah. If mm-hmm. if the majority loved what Last Jedi did, and even it's not to say that it isn't the majority. It's still it's a vocal minority. Yes. That didn't love it. But if those people didn't gain as much traction, they would have been all behind all those changes. You know, yeah. and a different world. Ryan Johnson could have gotten the call to come back for episode nine. Absolutely. Should have. I think if if the Should've. if the <laughs> Sorry, response was different. We would have seen a much different third movie. And it's like, J.J. and Chris Terrio can say whatever they want, but shit like fans complaining about uh, Kelly Marie Tran's character. Mm-hmm. That's why she's out of here. It's like, there's yeah. so much that Disney has to take into account because of the fact that it's Disney. Mm-hmm. And I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say that Thank on you. air. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot that Disney has to take into account because they're Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, they have to take into account the the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. And so they make a lot of decisions based on how a movie will be received in that market. And Ch- because Ch- of how it will be received in that market, they will limit the story in ways to placate that audience. Word. And that's a very vocal majority mm-hmm. over there. I think it's not surprising to me that they would do, that they would make vast changes because they have the, the, the idea that there is a large group of people that are like, this sucks. (laughs) And not only does this suck, you suck. Word. And 
you know what? I'm not going to watch anything on Disney Plus. 100%. Because this sucks. Yep. I know he's like, all right, well, here, take all this. Here's everything you wanted. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to eat off this for many more years to come. Really? Well, they st- it, this has to build to whatever the next step. Because this, right. is, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. But Thank God. It, facts. Yeah, but they, they have, at some point, we're going to be getting another trilogy. They have two soon. whole trilogies they're trying to develop. Yeah, they're, 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 they're going to be coming within the next five years. So, But I, th- but that's the thing. That was the conversation we initially had. Then this Reddit thread hits. You found a red. I don't. Where, how'd you find the Reddit thread? Was it on Twitter? Because I know it was it was going on Twitter crazy. But I feel like you had it. I think before uh, that was really popping off. David Cho texted it to me. Ah, uh, shout it, out Cho. And it broke down. Yeah. Allegedly, this is all alleged. A I don't source think this is facts, but for someone that worked on the film, told this guy who then paraphrased it to protect the source. Yes. Um, all these instances that pretty much indicate that it doesn't completely let JJ off the hook. No. Because he was still going to do certain story decisions like this Palpatine shit and whatever, but... That was in there. He had wanted to turn in... The gist of it is that he had a much longer cut in mind. It was like three hours at one point. And it made the film feel at least more substantial, I guess. Mm -hmm. There were extended sequences, but I think there were also just like whole sequences that we don't see at all that would have been in this film. And it's almost like he got locked out of his own editing room. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they and it's the not again to everything Damien said. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, that, that it, it like, the, What are you the, gonna do? It's Bob Iger, bro. Yeah, and you already cashed a check. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, shout the out Emperor. Bob Iger, but you know, <laughs> like, what do you? What are you going to do? Work. My what source. What is one person going to do? My yeah. source mentioned this shortly after the premiere. The movie we saw last night was not the movie we thought we worked on. Word. Well, I that's think the nugget from the thread. They even said that I guess like. They, there was an, another cut that was shown maybe like two or three weeks before the film came out Yeah, that was different than what was in theaters. It's... Like, they do this... There's so many movies that come out where directors are like, oh, I had to do X, Y, Z in order to... Like, in order for the studio to put it out. Mm-hmm. Tarantino is like, I have a longer version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Word. that's going to come out. Tarantino. Yes. But and, and don't forget with he, a movie that is so low stakes that but, he has a different cut of that. Imagine what Disney is going to do to one of their facts. crown jewels. Yeah. This is a piece of IP that is worth more than like our company, more than the building we're in. Like Word. it's such a valuable asset. But, but it is not beyond the realm of belief that they would cut. they would get the cut. Ask him to leave or like end the meeting, and once he <laughs> once he leaves the office, they close the door and they're like, "All right, now what the fuck are we gonna do?" Word. Well, I mean, even speaking of cuts, it, there was that one. It was an IndieWire interview with, I guess, the an oh, editor, the one, and she's like a longtime editor with JJ, and she was saying that she because of the they they had a shorter schedule to turn the film over, right? So she was actually cut. They were shooting, and she was cutting on set. So they could start getting some of these scenes together, and he'd literally be like directing. And then when they yelled "cut," he would go to her and start looking over her shoulder early on. But the interesting thing about this thread is that you know JJ's never been like the type of creator who is like you know moody and insecure and egomaniac and yeah. yells. And this paints him as really as being like depressed these days over it, and like really angry during a lot of the post-production and like, he barked on them a lot a couple times, really right? like out of character and like not happy at all and i guess he made a crack about 
um, you know, not liking it, or I guess that's what you saw during like a Q and A. Yes. And yes. this thread's basically saying, yeah, he wasn't joking. He was. He was dead. Well, because they even it, they said there was. They talked about like the cost of the costumes for all the Jedi. When like you, when you hear their voices, right? He wanted to film that when you hear like Samuel Jackson and Christensen. It sounded. It sounded like they filmed something. Liam Neeson. And then they just ended up using voices. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson out here. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe he's like, he, I, I still don't fuck with niggas. <laughs> Apparently, like, I'll come back. But <laughs> he said, "John Boyega's here." No, 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 no. Damn. Sorry. Apparently, uh, this experience was so bad that uh, when JJ was shopping Bad Robot for streaming service deals or whatever you want to call it, obviously they're now with Warner Media, and he's going to be developing a lot of shit for HBO Max mm-hmm. and shit like that. But this kind of creative control was a deciding factor in him going to one of the rare spots that's not under the Disney shadow was a deciding factor and. It's kind of crazy that that's limiting now. Well, cause There's not the, a lot of places you can run from Disney now. Well, the, nah. but but the, the the extra added element to that is not not just that he's going to be developing stuff for Warner Media, but the talk is that Warner wants him to kind of shape and mold the future of the DC universe. Right, and then it's on uh, this thread also, which I love when it gets into conspiracy theory. Yes, alleges that uh, conspiracy corner. Disney and Iger and all those people are kind of running with the narrative that J.J. fucked the film up up so that he's less desirable to a place like Warner to, you know, be their guy to, like, save Superman or whatever. How bugged is that? That's ridiculous. Or at least poison poison his name and, you know, fandom uh, corners. There's nothing. DC is so plagued right now. Like, you would... (laughs) JJ would have to kill somebody on set <laughs> for them to be like, uh, can't do this. Yeah. and even then they're like, well, was it a, a star or an extra? If it was a PA, well, that, you know. yeah, I mean, if it saying, was a stunt man, then you're I You're saying that about Warner executives, sure, but uh, fans, though, if you're a Star Wars fan who's also a Superman fan and you see that JJ has signed on to write and direct a Superman reboot, then this could be like, oh, fuck that nigga. I mean, you get the sure. threads popping. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, interesting. I th- it's all interesting. I I, th- I think it's, it's like succession for the Hollywood industry. The the, f- the facts, the fact that you would murder your own franchise just so you could then further murder your competition. Long con, baby. That's bugged out. That is some real like Sawyer shit. Well, that's some real Sawyer shit. The, I guess the the other part, the, the craziest part, I think, came from our conversation was just the idea that what does this mean for the future of making films in a franchise because you have to remember that disney they made like 13 billion dollars at the box office or something this past year just in 2019 you're talking marvel you're talking lion king i don't think it's that bad to be honest i think it's interesting like how what do you expect them to do if the majority of their profits are riding on these pieces of IP Word. that have to be turned into movies and then hopefully turned into like amusement park rides and, and toys and all tone, that shit. Turned yeah. into toys. Star Wars world does look fire. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't particularly blame them for being, for, for being so handholdy and very being protective. Like, oh, we have an idea not only of like what this movie should should do for us but how it needs to fit in to this larger corporate strategy that we've put together so you need to make a movie that does xyz as opposed to like here here's some billion dollar ip <laughs> go run wild and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and make a movie don't like, fuck like, it up i guess not the- like they're not like in dc's 
world where they're like, oh, take Joker and go make like yeah. some, you know, <laughs> there's 50 million. And if you even read about film. that, they if you read reports, they were trying to shut Joker down almost. Like they gave him a budget where it's like, oh, he's gonna want to walk away from this because they stopped believing in it. Word. you know. But they they gave him enough autonomy and Joaquin Phoenix where they just were able to turn out a performance that good. So. I guess the note is if you're going into the franchise system, know what you're signing up for. Well, just get the bag and understand that, you know, it's a job. Facts. And Facts. The, the best twist at the end of all of this is we were talking about the expensive China. Uh, Knives Out still beat <laughs> uh, Skywalker. What a yeah, plot twist. They, they beat it its first week out. Uh, Shout out Ryan Johnson. I mean, Knives Out is Knives Out's done so well that there's sequel talk. I'm not mad at I, it. I don't think we need a sequel, but I'm I'm very happy that it it's done so well. Well, I I sequel it's a sequel, but I think it, it's more of a universe. It's not like it's going to be the oh, same okay. people. It Craig will, solving mysteries. Yeah, it'll be Daniel Craig as Daniel that Craig, guy. Daniel Craig, not Craig the producer. Uh, yeah, so producer Craig Damn, is gonna, not in so, Knives so Out, so although after he Bond, would want to be. After but, Bond, he's just going to go. I think go yeah, solve I think crimes. he he's liberated. He he's he, he's he's got his wings. <laughs> the Southern accent away. got him hyped up. Facts. Well, I don't I don't as of because I think the news broke around the time of the Golden Globes, and they mentioned that Ryan is down to do it, and I think the studios are because it made like two hundred some odd million That's dollars at the box office. But sorry, I don't Ross. Think, Facts. <laughs> I don't think Daniel Craig is officially signed on yet, but he I, also, will. I don't think you can do a Knives Out sequel without him if he's if that character is the guy. He is the guy. So, in terms of current events, while we have D Scott here, yes. Um, in terms of industry intrigue, I think no one is more obsessed with the goat Richard Plepler than you and I, D Scott. Yes. Over the holiday break, some very intriguing news about his next move broke. If you don't know who Richard Plepler is, uh, you know his work. He's you know basically all of his work. at HBO for like like sixteen years, seventeen years, twenty three years. Yeah, but they started in like ninety two or the majority of their run of dominating T V was all overseen by Richard Plepler. A hun- uh, more than a hundred and sixty Emmys. And if you know anything about the way T V works, it's kinda like yeah, he left about, like, what, five months ago, six months ago? I, th- I think total, it's like ten months, but it was around the time that they were, all those announcements about HBO Max and things like that right. yeah. were coming out. And post-AT&T uh, merger and John Stanky coming in and talking all this shit about how they have to compete Facts. with quantity. Facts. There's an amazing New York Times story that... <laughs> essentially details that conversation right i think i believe it's an interview with him yeah 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 and he explains that and he explains how richard plepper was just like no i'm good man yeah (laughs) um and you know if you know anything about the way tv works you know that even though plepler left we're still kind of seeing the results of like his tenure there yes in terms like if you love the show like euphoria and, and succession stuff those were still kind of produced under his reign. Yeah. So 2020 is going to be, or even 21. Yeah, I would say yeah. more 2021 is more yeah. like the the post-Plepler era. Right. Uh, anyway, though, um, he can turn everything into gold. Hopefully. TV exec. Uh, everyone's definitely wondering what his next move would be, if anything, because yeah. he also does like politics shit with mm-hmm. his wife. He might just That's how he started. Host fundraisers in town in his townhouse. Before he got into television, he... <laughs> He did uh, political strategy, okay. okay, and PR and stuff. He's a he's a very interesting guy. Multi hyphen, but now now he's, he's at Apple TV. Jesus, producing. Dun, I think dun, dun. It, producing. I, it is it is 
he says he doesn't want to executive produce again. Right. It sounds like it's more just which getting, I get. No, he didn't say that. He said he doesn't want to run a network again. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. And the deal with Apple is a deal with his production company yes. that he started. So he's only going to be executive producer. Right, but he's not going to have hands in like stuff that's not under him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's not like, going to run all of Apple. He's not going to make the morning show better. Plus, Apple TV, Apple TV plus. TV plus. Yeah. That would have been more exciting. <clears throat> Yeah, because it, it would have been it would have been amazing to see him fight back. Well, nothing Apple. on Apple is really good yet, but it all has seeds of like it could be. Yes, and a guy like him, like a veteran, like he could really turn a show like the Morning Show around. I think maybe I, I, it would be a heavy lift. Though, I was I was, like, I was listening to an interview that he did with uh, Goldman Sachs, and I, I wrote down some notes as I was listening to it. And mm-hmm. I think if you listen to an interview with him and you listen to how he approaches the uh the shows he chooses to make there's definitely a common theme there like he says you know um and this is him speaking as the head of hbo he's like Mm -hmm. we listen to uh differentiated voices we listen to points of view we bet on insurgents and we found that we could monetize smart Mm. And I think if you look at all of the shows that have really hit for HBO, mm-hmm. they do follow that that mantra. That 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 uh, mantra. They have voices that you would not normally hear. HBO invented the television antihero. Word. Like Facts. the bad guy that you root for. Fact, they, Tony Soprano. That was not something that you had before, and yeah. they created that. Uh, I don't see that at Apple right now. Like I don't see original stories that. Well, they have no direction. Could not be told anywhere else so that people wouldn't take a bet on. A show about, uh, you know, the Me Too movement at a morning television show is not risky (laughs) at all right now. It's like, it's kind of like a face. It's kind of like a fastball down the middle. Yes. So I think if he were to go somewhere there, you know, in a a network head role, he would just probably gut everything. 100%. That's true. And just start from scratch. Which also would have been funny. But I, I would, I, on the flip side though, I, I don't think they would have him in a role like that and not at least lean on him in terms yeah. of just like you random, well, oh, sure. what do you think about this rule? What do you think about that? They send us some drafts. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. How would you cut this Billy Crudup monologue down? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in this new role, they just funnel everything through his production company. Mm, yeah, 100%. Where you're like, oh, this seems interesting. Rich? <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, not really for me. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> not, not, not really for us. Not really for us. It's not an Apple product. That's crazy. Like, I think he's going to... I think he's going to have an outsized influence and pick some on, winners what they, on what they produce. 100%. It's a very interesting chess move and, you know, what's still like the first stage of a very long uh, streaming war. Um, yeah. I, we're, HBO Max is going to be coming sooner yeah. than HBO people Max realize. HBO Max is still so, so far away. It's, it's going to be interesting to see And they when haven't renewed yet yet. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> are, are, they, are, are they just going to move that to HBO Max? They should. What the fuck? Max, Cinemax, HBO Max, do it. It's the same shit basically, right? I, I just I just think that this is you know a a huge move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a he's an immense talent. He has a very clear idea about what he wants to see and what he believes is is like a quality show, mm-hmm. uh, which is tough. Um, also, I think it's interesting. The interview that the New York Times did with him was interesting because he talked about how they went to him. And they were like, oh, well, we got to, you know, we got to turn HBO into a competitor. We got to turn HBO mm-hmm. into a competitor with Netflix. And in this, I was reading this other interview with him and he was essentially like, 
you know, as this, as still the head of HBO, someone asked him about, you know, what's HBO going to do to compete with Netflix? And he was like, I don't believe that we need to compete. I see us as two different things. I think it's always, to me, it's always Netflix and HBO, not Netflix or HBO. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that mentality and someone comes to you and they're like, AT&T needs us to compete with Netflix, you're going to be like, you're going to say what he said. And he's like, no, I'm not interested in that. (laughs) I'm gone. And he's going to leave. And I think that having someone with that mindset is fucking great because mm. he's going to go somewhere and he's only going to produce what he wants to produce. Yeah, with, uh, with enough of a bag to do whatever he wants to do. Great heaters on deck. Yeah, like another another great quote of his is like, when he was at HBO, he says, our brand is about the curation of excellence. Mm. <sighs> That's amazing. That's How did they let this man go? That's amazing. for that, right? It, it's like, you don't have to be... Like, why would you try to be Netflix? They really let yeah, a cell 100%. phone executive. Why? Why? Why would you try to be Netflix? I, I mean, I guess the only the only reason is to try and catch that monthly bag that Netflix gets from damn near everybody. That's the only reason I can see it because it's, it's sure. not cr- creatively. It's two different planes. Yeah, I think. Just look at our best TV of 2019 list. There's a lot of HBO bangers on there. A lot of Half my personal list was HBO. Yeah. This man, too. I was looking like, damn, this is really HBO. We look like we're standing for this 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 channel, but... When, crack is crack. Facts. When you when you put the, the fire HBO has on the scale and then put the fire Netflix has on the scale, not to say Netflix doesn't, but one side is going to be much heavier. And for the and other, this is in a post Game of Thrones world. Well, yeah. For the other side of it, I was reading uh, friend of the pod Andrew's mm-hmm. um, thing with Casey Bloys, who is the head of programming at HBO. Yes, and he's been such since 2016, which was the year that Game of Thrones officially announced its end date mm-hmm. would be last year. And um, there's a really great quote in there for him where he's like, "We we've been planning for 2019 since then." Word, you Word. know, that we've makes been, sense. It makes sense. So we'll see how they do. Yeah, it's it's like I said. I think twenty twenty one is probably going to be. <laughs> it's it's going to be because right now they've got. Oh, I mean, season two of Euphoria. What's that going to look like when that finally hits? You know, I'm not even. I'm not so much worried about that. I'm more so worried about the what new- are the shows that they're going to greenlight? Yeah, like in twenty twenty two. Yeah, that are going to run. Like I don't. I just don't think that they have the same filter For that quality. they used to have. But I think on purpose, they're mm-hmm. purposely not trying to monetize smart anymore because you can't monetize smart on a broad scale no it's impossible like netflix i'm not saying netflix is bad i think what netflix makes is really good but they're not trying to monetize smart no it's a lot more middle of the road they're like they they lean into comedy they algorithm yeah they're actively trying to monetize scale they're like we can make a lot of things that you will like Mm. whereas hbo is like we make this thing that's good to us we guarantee you will think it's also good word just give it a shot word here's two shows i mean like here's one show from these two guys i've never made a tv show before mm. it's called game of thrones about dragons and and, and <laughs> like other crazy shit just give it a shot word. and then it became like the biggest television show of all time like that's the kind of world that they had and i don't think at&t is going to be like yeah i'll take a shot on this <laughs> let's come more of that dragon show yeah <laughs> i think they're gonna be like well this worked yeah do that Netflix did that. Like, they had you make me. <laughs> like, let's just do that. Hello, me. Hello. He's just staring in the mirror the whole yeah, fucking show. Yeah. It's yeah. like suicide. <laughs> it's like Edward Norton from Primal Fear. They're going to make me. It's hilarious. Yeah, that was a social clip. Facts. All right. Before we go too long out here, um, we got to bring back a quick segment. We haven't really done it since the, the first episode. First episode... 
Blind items, baby. But we the key is But we have to we specifically So just to recap, yes. this site um run by an anonymous Hollywood person. Facts. Shout just, out the inside sources. Have you seen this site before? They just <laughs> allege that they have it's like someone in the mix and they have credible Hollywood gossip that they then report anonymously and then leave it to their readers to figure out. And then they'll go back and do a revealed mm. where they uh, reveal who they were talking about. And Word. sometimes it's very shocking. It's called Crazy Days and Nights. Mm-hmm. The absolute best time to read this site post, post-award show? is post-award show. Word. Because there's just so many stars in one building, so many things happening, the after parties. It's literally at least three pages <laughs> just of just insanity. Shit. So I picked out three. That I, I'm gonna read. The first one is lit. I've not seen the other two, but go into the first. I can't okay. wait. <laughs> the I'm first so one. The, uh, honestly, this first one is like one of the craziest I've read on there ever, just because of the way it's phrased. Actual physical violence at an after party, as this A plus slash A list mostly movie actor who is an Academy Award winner and nominee said something to another man and got punched right in the gut so hard that the actor dropped to his knees. Who who is this? So then they leave it up for the commenters to guess. They always phrase it in this annoying almost like yeah. like code. Facts. You know? Facts. Uh a lot of people some people guessed Ben Affleck. Some people said Leo. But a lot of people are saying Joaquin. Joaquin was lit. Wa- Joaquin saying something crazy is Sounds about right. If you look, because he had he but, had he had the acceptance speech and he got bleeped like a motherfucker. Yeah, and I, mean, I, st- I don't know half of what he was talking about. I could see him being lit backstage and. But it says sometimes film actors. That mean that he does television. I don't think any of those dudes do television. Right, mostly movie actors. So Matthew McConaughey. Interesting. He, well, I, I are the thing the him. thing you got to remember too about the after party is that so many more people show up that mm-hmm. didn't go to the show. Oh, so true, it could really true. be anyone. It doesn't true. even have to be limited to someone that was at the show. But you just you never hear about like someone actually getting duffed at these Facts. parties. It's always like someone did coke or someone had to be escorted out. Or and I tried. I went on Twitter. I was trying to figure out. I, there was no hint of this gossip at all. So this no. Is, either this is like really fucking not true. Or it's just some super insider, like we're suppressing everything on it. They only do revealed at their discretion, you know? So they could reveal this one tomorrow. They could reveal this one in March. Damn it. All right. So whenever this comes up, we'll have to bring it back. Commenters, let us know who you thought that was. Next one. This foreign-born B-list actress who would keep dropping if not married to someone higher on the list had half a dozen handlers that she said were necessary. There were none for her husband. Most people, including the biggest stars on the planet, had only one handler. She had half a dozen people. A foreign-born B-lister. <laughs> okay, so everyone in the comments thinks it's Priyanka Chopra. That makes sense. And if you read this site as much as I do... There's you know a couple about her, right? This Whoever runs this site almost has a personal vendetta against Priyanka against Chopra. Um they allege that their, the whole marriage to Nick Jonas is kind of like a just a sham, like Word. a business arrangement, and that she is the most diva-ish person ever. Uh, she was the nicest person ever when I did the cover story on her. Look at this man, patting himself on the back. Patting himself on the back. Good cover story. like, can't be racist. But <laughs> so, well, wait, so, so you mean to tell me she has six people and Nick Jonas had nobody? Is, is Nick Jonas that much bigger than her? That was yeah. my next question. Uh, I, yeah. He, yeah? Jonas Brothers. Is Nick Jonas that famous? Yeah. I know we had him on the cover, so shout out Nick Jonas. But but he, the, the Jonas Brothers also performed at the one o'clock. I don't ro- even rock with the Jonas Brothers musically. Objectively, he's huge. They performed on New Year's Rock and Eve, but it was like 
after the bell. And he's of the of the three, he's the only one that like stayed consistent. Like one fell off the mat, one went weird, and he kind of was like recruiting right. Ty Dolla Sign and facts. He's at least still better than Jay Z so. right. in the limelight. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense from the way this site reports about her. It makes it sense. makes sense. If it actually happened, who's to say? Who the fuck knows? Last one. Um, this former late night actor. Now, whenever they say late night actor, it usually means uh, like SNL. Okay. Come to learn mm-hmm. type shit. This former late night actor turned B plus list actor and his equally on the list significant other were hitting on waitresses looking for a threesome partner. Okay. I Is that Bill Hader? People think Bill Hader, who, uh, if you don't keep up with this kind of thing, Bill Hader made his first public appearance with his new girlfriend, Rachel Bilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Summer yeah. Roberts from the OC. And I re- you mentioned Andrew before. I remember in Andrew's interview with Bill Hader, he was talking about the dissolution of his marriage. Yeah, and he a was lot hitting of, the streets. He was he out was like, there I want to sl- tell you about my girl. Slanging. <laughs> so it, it sounds like it would make sense. I don't know if I buy, I mean, you know. Whatever floats your boat. I don't know if I see Rachel Bilson as the type. That's of, that's the know? only thing. Yeah. So people think that well, I, the Scarlett Johansson, she's a list, right? She would be a list. Yeah. yeah okay. So it couldn't be. You think Colin Jost? Yeah. The luckiest. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here's a good one though. Again, because late night. So you're thinking SNL. Mm-hmm. The commenters seem to think it's Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. Oh, interesting. Could that see that. I could see that. Could yeah. see that. Someone said Fred Armisen and Natasha Leone. Are they even still together? I don't, I don't know. Nobody trying to have a. Well, that's, <laughs> that's probably why it didn't work. Sudeikis <laughs> 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 out here? Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde is an interesting one. I can see that. They get dumb high, supposedly. Yeah. Makes sense. Sudeikis, the sneaker goat. Makes sense. But I, I, my money's on Hater and Bilson. Only because that was the story. It was the story. It was It was trending on. I was like, why is Bill Hater trending? And I saw Rachel Bilson. I'm like, oh. But again, I don't know anything about the, you know, the celebrity factor or anything. But if you're like just making your first public appearance, are you then as ready to go like threesome hunting? How does that <laughs> Seems maybe they've like been doing 60, that right it, <laughs> that know? could be their thing maybe they that's how that might be how they met facts <laughs> big facts you never know one never knows it's hollywood is crazy all right man uh, we won't get too too much deeper into that site before we get a cease and desist <laughs> again everything <laughs> that's enough for this week everything there's allegedly um d scott thank you for coming through once again not a problem thanks for having me always a pleasure uh shit for fraser i'm cal advising you as always to tune in and watch live When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.